Welcome to Vase, a podcast about weird stuff. I'm Peter C. Hine, and joining me as always is my oldest friend and co-host. He's the Agent Doggett to my Agent Reyes, the Richard Ringo Langley to my Melvin Frohickey, the Dwayne Berry to my Eugene Toombs, the Mr. X to my Alex Krychek, and the Eve Six to my Fluke Worm Monster. It's Mr. Stephen James Buckley. Do you know, every single word of that is true. Every single thing he said. This man has an uncanny ability to capture my very essence. Via I look into your soul when I write these yeah. intros. And plus there's an Eve 6 reference there as well, which brings us back to another sort of 90s alternative rock reference. I so. thought you might appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, you are welcome. So, Hein, I'd like to talk to you and, and everyone. I'm addressing this to, to our audience too. I'd like to talk to you tonight. Talk to me. About, talk to me, Buckley. About, let me finish, about okay. nom- nominative <laughs> determinism. So... Does a person's name affect what they go on to do later in life? So would a person with a relatively dull name, say a John Smith or a Mary Johnson, no offence to anyone with those names, by the way, they're perfectly good names. We just lost two listeners. Would they go on to do relatively dull things? And conversely, would a person with a fucking awesome rock star name, like say Willow Truman, go on to be the co-host of a fantastic podcast, bringing her own totally unique worldview and refreshingly chaotic sense of humour to a subcategory of podcasts that's frankly crawling with pretentious dudes. I think there's only one way to find out. Let's open up the portal and summon the Nonsense Bazaar's very own Willow Truman. Wow, thank you so much for having me. Hello, Willow. That's, well, that was a um, quick summoning as well. We didn't really even have to do anything. You just appeared. Yeah, like I'm, a... I'm just right here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we can see there's a cloud of, of sort of grey smoke. That <laughs> yes. Is, is Willow, formless. formless. It's a formless void over here. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We're fine with formless voids. We've, we've, we've dealt with a lot worse, believe me. We've stared into many formless voids in our time. Yes. Yeah. It's... It's interesting that you guys bring up um, the the name thing, because that was something that I wanted to talk about. Oh, please do. It's great, yeah. In, um, in what way would you like to talk about it? Oh my god! <laughs> Are you guys being weird, or is it just me? I think we're a bit weird, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So the whole name thing, I was reflecting on this today. I was reflecting on um, a course that I took on Splendor Solis through uh, morbidanatomy.org. They have a lot of great courses there. And um, as I was taking that course, I noticed that it, it, was, it was bringing things up for me that um, pertaining to my sense of self and identity Right. Yeah. Like what kind of thing? Let me see. So have you guys ever seen a movie called The Frame from 2014? No. I don't think so, no. Okay. So it's about um, the lives of two complete strangers who um, exist in one another's worlds, but not really. Like to the other, they're just a character on a TV show. All right. Wow, Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's about um, this man named Alex and a woman named Sam, and they watch each other on their respective television shows, and um, they're kind of a part of each other's lives, you know, like they tune in and watch each other every day, but um, 
they, they don't really exist in the same world. Except for one day when uh, the screen kind of breaks a little bit and they, they break the fourth wall and they realize that reality doesn't work the way that they think it does. And also there's a shadowy man in, in a top hat that's kind of like pursuing them the whole time in an effort to uh, erase the world and turn it into black goo. Wow. But yeah. That's amazing. I have right. to see this film. Yeah. Somehow um, there's a point in the movie where one of the characters is trying to like, you know, break out of this movie that he's in. And he realizes as he goes into this production company building, um, there's no sign of any life. He opens a door and there's an empty room and he just hears typing and he sees this typewriter and he he's looking at a projection of himself that repeats into infinity. It's like a frame within a frame, like a strange loop, if you will. Wow. Um, and he realizes as he's looking at this typewriter that it is the script is describing the exact moment that we're seeing as Alex, this character is becoming aware of the script, the storyteller, the writer. And like, he's kind of, you watch him struggle to get out of the frame as he realizes like what he's in. Yeah. Sounds amazing. And that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of been my experience of reality for like the last couple of weeks. Wow. Okay. That's a pretty, I mean, the, my first thought there was like, the Truman Show, and then I realised you're called Willow Truman, and sort of mm -hmm. oh, there's, all, there's all kinds yeah. of links occurring there now. Um, so, how does that reflect your experience of life over the last couple of weeks? Well, um, Willow Truman is not my real name. Ah, which okay. oh yeah, a big shock, right? You know, my co-host is Sequoia Kennedy, so like, you know, um, we're both. We trees. assumed it was just an amazing coincidence. Yes, that right. You're both trees. Yeah, yeah. Trees and presidents. Mm -hmm. Just a just a crazy coincidence. Um, have you guys seen the Barbie movie? Speaking of movies, yes, yes, yes. I did. I haven't. Okay, I enjoyed a, that movie. I enjoyed it too. There was yeah. a moment in it where um, they're talking about like going back and forth between worlds, and. Um, one character says to the other, like, you can't go to Barbie land as a person from the real world. Do you know what's going to happen? There's going to be like a rift in the space time continuum. There's going to be a podcast hosted by two trees. Oh, and I was like, shit. oh, my God, it's my podcast. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice we, that. We broke the rift. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I guess that that made you feel like, shit, this could all just be a film of me that someone else is watching kind of thing. Um, uh, that's, it's one of them freaky things. It's like, it's like with, um, when you start to get sort of synchronicities and weird coincidences happening and stuff, like it does feel, it does give you that kind of feeling of like, shit, is this all just some kind of film or some kind of Truman Show-esque narrative that's kind of being put together and I'm just merely... Right, like kind of how at the beginning, um, like... Before we started recording, you guys were bringing up stuff that's like from my Reddit history, which was interesting were to we? me. Okay, I've not been going through your Reddit history. I can't speak for <laughs> He might have been. No, no. My, my research, my research is never that thorough. Um, no. Hey, well then, that's just a crazy coincidence. What? Um, what? Like about the peanut butter? Uh, yeah, like going really hard about like this. I keep getting messages from people that are like, what do squirrels like? Nuts. Or like, oh, you're a certified nut job. Like this idea of like nuts keeps coming back up. So I thought that like you guys were 
referencing ah. that and so also that's why you I, asked as if we're being weird right okay. yeah yeah and i also have like another reddit post where i i talk about how um like i have trouble eating solid food so one of the things that i do is i just eat like smoothie bowls with peanut butter or i drink a lot of smoothies <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> um, so, right. so for lis- listeners this is basically exactly what we I, I randomly started talking before we started recording about all the peanut butter that i'd just been eating yeah, I um, thought you were like, I don't know, no, like doing something we're, weird, like making a, a joke, like I've been looking at your stuff. Or... No, <laughs> okay, yeah, no. we're, we're weird, but not in that way, like yeah, not yeah. in a sort of threatening, stalky kind of way. This is why I've been so fucked up, you guys. Like, yeah. this is the strange loop that, that I, I'm referring to. Um, and does this happen to you a lot, this kind of thing, that, that people start referencing stuff like... It's been happening to me literally nonstop for the last two weeks. Wow. So that's like kind of like a synchronicity storm, I guess, because like, yeah. like I mean, my, my peanut butter, I've been going on about peanut butter all day because I genuinely love it, uh, to everyone who's been listening to me. Um, and um, so it, it was completely like unconnected to yeah also the fact that you guys brought up the names because i keep like i've been receiving messages from people that are like is that your real name like what is your real name and like i was reflecting on that splendor solis course that i took today um and i I dropped out part way through and I, i emailed the um the instructor and i said hi thanks for the effort that you put into crafting the course it's wonderful but unfortunately the timing is is off for me and I'm, I'm not equipped to match the pace of the class. I'm a full-time caregiver, blah, blah, blah. And also there was a, a point in the class where, um, where I, I kind of had like an issue because I, I had a, I was saying something and he cut me off and he was like, Hey, Hey, don't, don't worry so much about understanding the meanings of these things. Worry more about what they say. And I didn't understand the difference. So I, I emailed him and I, I said, what is the difference? Help me understand. What's the difference between what something says versus seeking to understand what something means? Um, and so he responded. And he said, in this idea about um, identification, hypothetically say you have an alchemical image with a tree but it's not clear what kind of tree it is is it a a pine tree is it an oak tree um well my real name is ayla which means oak tree so and he goes on in this email and he says knowing the overall text is concerning a particular process we tentatively based on our interpretation this sentence actually doesn't make sense that he typed but it says, um, we tentatively identify it as an oak tree based on our immediate understanding of it. We look at it and we say that thing looks like an oak tree, but identity and interpretation are both provisional because there's always going to be more new information. That's why science isn't really fixed, is it? We're always adding yeah. more new things on. And I think that that's also a really interesting way of, um, thinking about identity because this name Willow Truman, right? It's like the Truman show, but it's also like true will. It's this identity that I can use to break apart from my my normal identity and become something new. And like when you using the name Willow Truman, do you feel different than you do normally? 
I absolutely do. In fact, this is why my experience of reality has been so fucked up. My sense of self has been starting to like fundamentally break down. Um, And I think that that is the, that's the point where one enters a state of, I don't like you, you become almost like an infinite mirror. Flux, like reality yeah, flux. Yeah, right. Because that that I, that self-referential system that perceives itself and surroundings and creates this continuous like feedback loop that gives you a sense of individuality and identity. That's once you start to erase the the borders around that, um, reality looks a whole lot different than how you were programmed to see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get that completely because um, Peter C. Hine is my real name. Um, I use it for the podcast, but I don't use it any other time of my life. So like day to day at work and whatever, I go under a different name. Um, and I've started to notice a difference between Peter C. Hine and my other self. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like it started out quite subtle, you know, like a year ago when we started the podcast. And slowly it's become more marked so that I can almost like switch between the two. Yeah. But sometimes I find myself as one or the other, Mm -hmm. but I kind of know which one I am at any one time, even if I'm not controlling it. Right, right. I've been experiencing that too. It reminds me of, um, so I did like, I did my uh, dissertation at uni about the idea of like personas and characters and masks and stuff and like performance and things like that. So I guess like you could say like Peter C. Hine and Willow Truman are both almost kind of podcast personas. Yeah. And um, But one of the things that inspired that dissertation was uh, a film called Velvet Goldmine, yeah, which yeah. is, yeah. Um, and it's based on like the, it's loosely based on David Bowie and Iggy Pop in the 70s and all the kind of glam rock era, but it's got loads of like Oscar Wilde stuff in it. And Oscar Wilde wrote loads of cool stuff about like how, I've forgotten what the exact quote is, but I'm sure our show notes guy, Keith, will find it. Thank you, Keith. Um, and it's like, it, it, it's that quote about how a, a person is truly themselves when they wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you, you know, it's the idea that the mask isn't hiding your true self. The mask almost allows you to bring out what you previously hid in what you previously felt uncomfortable right. kind of being. The mask, the mask almost, you know, it's almost like, if you're in a fancy dress costume and you go out and you're more likely to behave very differently on like a, a fancy dress party or whatever, if people can't see what you look like, because it takes away some of those uh, Oh, absolutely. And it's like if you showed up to a fancy dress party and you were wearing jeans, you definitely would feel a lot different than if you showed up dressed like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I start to wonder um, like to what extent um, I am one or the other of, you know, Peter C. Hine and, Neither. and the, the other. Well, yeah, this is what's interesting, isn't it? You know, like who is real and what is the real me? You know, like to what mm-hmm. extent did I create my what podcast is persona? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's similar as well to the the Robert Anton Wilson thing, the whole idea of that idea of not not saying the word is uh, and, and spending a month not you know, trying to not use the word is and then like your whole concept of reality changes just based on like the language, you know, linguistically you associate is with, you know, the definitive, this is means it's like this, but if you have more of a maybe kind of logic, and I guess that could apply to right. a 
personality as well. Yeah, I think Crowley had uh, had something similar with I, did he, or or me, or something? Probably. Yeah, Crowley tended to be the guy that's, that that talked know, about I a lot. <laughs> yeah, talked about himself a lot. Yeah. So how has that affected um, your reality then, do you think, Willow, sort of living in, in that? Like, do you find yourself spending more time as Willow than as yourself or do you switch yes. easily between the two? No, I, I had a moment a couple of days ago where I was like, oh, my God, Ayla hasn't had a chance to live her life in like two weeks. Like she's, <laughs> you know, um, I've just been like obsessively reading, researching on the internet. And that too has been warping me. Um, I think that that's a, a huge danger for yeah. anybody that's esoterically minded is- um, Losing yourself. You, yes, because you do start creating these um, these feedback loops. And if you have a very strong sense of like identity, ego and self, and you notice that all of these things are getting reflected back to you, you're gonna get main character syndrome and think like, oh my God, like I'm God. And like, yeah, you are, but so is the other guy, you know? So is everybody. <laughs> so don't forget that either. Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting what you say about the kind of feedback loop, because that's something that I mean, Buckley have wondered about a lot, you know, to what extent, when you're looking into this stuff, do you start to become part of this stuff? And I think that if you're hosting a podcast like you are, you almost become part of this stuff even more, you know, because Nonsense Bazaar is now some small part of the esoteric landscape that is 2023. Right. And um, you, you are part of that as Willow Truman as well. But mm -hmm. also you're looking deeper into this other stuff. And I suppose I, I wonder, like, to bring this into a question is how much of this stuff do you think that you absorb while you're researching it? And how much do you think that affects your mind? Uh, too much of it. That's why you have to be <laughs> so careful and practice so much discretion because I was noticing this week, it, it was like synchronicity overdrive. I would think something and it wouldn't just take place on the internet, but in real life too. It, I would think or feel something and then have it reflected back to me almost immediately. And it made wow. me realize, oh my God, we have to be so careful what we think and feel. Because yeah. if we Can you really give any are, examples? I, yes. Um, so I thought it would be really funny to start um, like a Mandela effect about the fifth Teletubby. Like the, oh yeah, I've seen that on, on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I actually did a load of research on that because I wondered what it was all about. Yeah, I couldn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So you just um, started that yourself. Yeah, I just thought that that would like be a, a funny thing, like get this idea of the the fifth Teletubby going. Um, it's a great idea. Yeah. Right. So it's because I had seen a long time ago. Uh, have you seen that woodcut of the man who's like breaking through the the veil of reality to touch the sky? Um, there's oh, a tree yes, and I a have. sun in yes. it, and it's got yes. the sun. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 like in the yeah. dome, like the yeah. Teletubby sun. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. I saw um, an edited image 
of that on 4chan of that that image except with Teletubbies and like the the baby son. So yeah. that image stuck in my mind and this idea of like the Teletubbies as Lemurian time lords. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's get this going. Oh wow, that's a that is a really great idea because I mean the, the Teletubbies. I remember we, me and Hein watched them when we were about like 15, 16, yeah. like when around they, when they when they first, first dropped. came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were watching them like at one of our friends' houses, like in the summer holidays, and we just watched it out of like curiosity. And it was like, what the fuck is this? Like that, that sun and that. There's something. There was something deeply weird about that program. The screens on their stomachs. Yeah. Yeah, and like the, there was just something like with the weird symbols on the heads. There was there was something about it which even then kind of. You know, before I'd I'd sort of uh, knew about things as much as I do now. Even then, there was something that I I felt was sort of a bit uh, troubling about it, or a bit I don't know. There's something not right. To take this even more meta, um, one of the questions that we emailed to you, Willow, was about the Mandala effect. That mm-hmm. was a question that you gave me, Buckley. Um, right. Uh, so, yeah, and, but and, I'm and we had this no somewhere. idea. Right. Yeah. Go. 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 Okay, so me and Sequoia were invited onto a podcast called The Sheridan Tapes, where we did a fake intro to our podcast about how, you know, welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. Today we have another Reddit exploration for you. I found some weird shit about this town that disappeared, and then it reappeared, and nobody even realized that it went missing until they started remembering it. So I thought, aha, while we're recording this, like, you know, fake intro for this podcast, I'm going to slide in my fifth Teletubby thing and be like, oh, this town, Oslo, it's just like the fifth Teletubby that's missing. And now everybody's remembering it. And I, I'm so, I think I'm so clever, right? So afterwards, I go online and I look up the fifth Teletubby and I find a blog post on, on a, a blog that has to do with hyperstition about the missing fifth Teletubby. Fuck sake. Yeah. I thought I thought I was being original. I was not. Wow. Yeah. This is that's insane. Some, yeah, that's like some serious like you, you you're in deep there, Willow. Yeah. Right. I mean, so um, <laughs> this idea of the the frame, that movie I was talking about, at the end, this guy, he finally he smashes the edges of the frame and it's almost like an ayahuasca trip where all of a sudden he's like reliving all of his past memories. And, and he's mad. He's so mad at the writer being like, why did you write my life this way? Why did you script it like this? Like, why can't I, I leave this frame? I'm stuck here. I can't, I can't go. And to me, that's kind of like what the fifth Teletubby represents. It is this breaking of the established narrative, rejecting it and the world that we experience through screens, like through the Teletubby screens, and almost imagining that like, if the frame is the camera that's watching this man or, or is like our eyeball, then um, like the fifth Teletubby is, it's us. It's us watching through the screen. Yeah, like wow. we are the fifth Teletubby. Yes. We're all the fifth Teletubby. Yeah, we're creating our own reality. What color would the fifth Teletubby be? I think it's up to everybody to decide for themselves what theirs is. Yeah, I like that. But this is like, I mean, because, I mean, this is going quite deep into, like, altering reality that you're you're doing here. Like, what do you think, what do you think reality is? (sighs) 
I mean, that's not, uh, like, I suppose that's not an easy question. <laughs> it's not. It's <laughs> but, really that's not. probably like the, the ultimate, the ultimate question, question yeah. ever. But, but if it's something that can, it's obviously something that can be easily like fucked with, isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. Like to me, um, reality is, I mean, what's the, the Robert Anton Wilson quote? Like reality is what doesn't go away when you stop believing in stop it. Believing in it. Yeah. 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 Um, but even then, like, what what is real? What is fake? These are all just distinctions that we're we're making with our minds, and with, and, and even those are so limited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all it's all just like a, a you know, a sort of simulation almost that's been made by our brain, isn't it? And right, like, right, right, right. I was, I was just listening to uh, I've forgotten the name of the podcast. I was listening to some podcast guy. It was a, an interview with a guy called Andrew Gallimore, who writes a lot about um, like DMT and DMT entities and stuff, and, and all sorts of like research into that. And he's he's talking about like how DMT is essentially just like changing your. Um, it takes you like into a, a whole different reality. Yes, and it's not like it's yeah. it, as opposed to uh, as being different to. So it's sort of contrasting that to like a hallucination, which is it's still in your reality, but it's like something else is there. But with this, it's like a whole different frame, and it's like our brains. Mm-hmm. If that reality isn't real, our brains shouldn't have been able to make that up. Right. It's kind of yeah. We we, we, we it's beyond the capability of our brains to experience something that is that hyperdimensional. And so, to be honest, I didn't fully understand most of it, but like, <laughs> it, 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 I got the general idea, and that kind of reminds me of what you're saying. It's like this, this, we just don't understand it. We don't have the words for it, I don't think, because it, reality is so incredibly complex. All we have is a really, really simplified version of it that we see with our eyes and hear with our ears, and that just keeps us like, keeps us like alive, doesn't it? Well, and all we have to express it with is really like we either have art we have music um but we're very limited by our language as well in the way that we can express our experiences expressive stuff that's like in in the arts in music and stuff it's it's the the weird stuff isn't it you know it's like the once you get into that that's the stuff that gives you like a weird deep feeling that you Mm -hmm. can't the certain paintings i see that are just yeah and they'll just give you like a weird feeling that you can't possibly and you get it with music as well or films films yeah yeah so you can't you can't properly explain and that's that's the good stuff like when it's something that doesn't sort of fit into like a uh, like a standard, like emotional yeah. box or a standard, like explanation. Because that must be like challenging your reality, mustn't it? You know, when you when you come face to face with some art that you can't just kind of put into a box for your day to day life. One time, I was uh, I was tripping on acid, and I got blasted completely outside of the frame of of our reality. I was looking at a painting. 
of a girl looking out at the beach. And as I'm looking at this painting, um, the, the beach transforms into pyramids and then the clouds in the painting transform into UFOs. And I realize that I'm looking at this painting that's in a frame through my glasses that are in a frame, through my eyeballs that are contained like, you know, within their own frame. And all of a sudden I have this like telescope moment where I go way outside of my body. And it feels all of a sudden like there is a battle for my soul. Um, and this happened on the last of the 10 days of awe, which takes place between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's basically a time of repentance when God is choosing um, to write your name down in, in the book of life at, or you're going to die that year. And these are the 10 days where your actions um, will determine what what God's decree is for your life. So it's the last day of the 10 days of awe. And I'm I wasn't even really thinking about that. I was just tripping. I'm in Cape Cod. I'm having a good time. Like, I'm not thinking about uh, religious holidays. But then all of a sudden, I I'm looking at this painting, and it transforms into a scene of pyramids and UFOs. And ah, I'm out of my body. And now it felt like I would liken it to Abraxas, because it was this twofold being that was both so loving and so evil at the same time. But I could tell that the evilness in it, like neither the goodness or the evil really felt anything. It was just like this, this thing that was like, okay, you wanna get real about the fate of your soul, I'm gonna present you with a choice. You have to quit smoking cigarettes right now. Go take your pack, destroy it, dismember it, like Osiris or something. like. Um, run it underwater so you can't dig it out of the trash after. And I got caught in, after I, I zoomed out from looking at this picture, in the other room, Taxi Driver was playing. And the same minute of Taxi Driver was playing over and over again. Like the audio was just looping. And I felt like I was caught in this moment in time. And I was given this choice, either quit smoking now um, and never buy a pack again. You can still smoke. Go ahead and have a cigarette from time to time. Just never exchange legal tender for it. <laughs> Don't go in a store and buy a pack. <laughs> Them's the deals. And I was like, wow, devil, you're so nice. <laughs> like, thank you. That's, that's actually a pretty sick deal. I think I could do that. Um, but yeah, the deal was like, destroy the rest of your pack, never buy a pack again, or you will go insane. Wow. So... I, and I just have to choose to believe that, that like if I ever buy a pack of cigarettes again, I'm going to be brought right back to taxi driver. Like, <laughs> back to the loop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So with all that kind of thing in mind, what are your thoughts about simulation theory and that whole idea that we're living inside a simulation? Do you think that your, the things that you're telling us and these things, these experiences that you have, they do seem to fit with that, don't they? A little I bit. Know. I mean, I think we're all simulating our realities in a way yeah like we're so there's millions and millions billions of simulations yeah all going on at the same time i think so and i think that there, there are people that exist concurrently even like within the same room standing next to each other that are in completely different realities like we're all simulating our own reality for the most part there are people that when they're tripping balls right they they get so freaked out like is this real life is this a dream where am i are we all dead those are the questions that, that you ask yourself. And that's also, I think, what people are asking when 
when they're thinking about simulation theory. It's like, is this real is what they're really asking. Yeah. And to me, the answer is no. But also, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that that can be any use to anyone? You know, like, do you think that because you've talked about altering your reality through like Teletubbies and you've also talked about altering your reality through like psychedelics like acid but do you think there's any way that people can kind of use this to uh you make their lives better yeah um when you accept that you know real fake true untrue just like throw those to the back of the room you know, don't, don't even pay attention to those and trust your gut. Like what does your gut and your heart tell you is the right action, you know, without all of these preconceived notions of, of true, fake, real, because like, guys, I was really paranoid to talk to you. I was, half of me was expecting that you guys were going to be like, this is an MI6 recruitment process. Congratulations. <laughs> you, you succeeded. Like, I don't fucking know. I've been losing my fucking mind over here. But my my gut says, go on the show, you stupid idiot. Trust these people. These are your <laughs> friends. These are your peers. Don't get caught in the chapel perilous. Don't get cosmic triggered. <laughs> no, I, I guess that's why the, the whole peanut butter thing threw you so much. Yeah, yeah. I feel really guilty about that. <laughs> yeah, now, but I, yeah. can't have, I can't help that I thought that. Like, And it's it's mad because you brought up that frame thing and it, there's a scene in a book that I've just been reading where which describes a man, a magician, kind of pulling apart the fabric of reality. And uh, and a guy's looking at it and the guy's just like has this realization. It's all just a movie. It's all just a movie. And he's watching this magician pull reality as if it's a as if reality is a uh, like a fabric Mm -hmm. he's just able to pull and it will suddenly like bend and i was just like whoa that's really similar to what i was reading just like you know a few hours ago yeah that's why i brought that up at the beginning almost to like test you guys to be like so is this going to be the moment where you reveal that like i'm in the movie or like what's going on is this like a darren brown bit like is, is he hacking my internet to fill it up with synchronistic things like what is happening shit do you know yeah. i've forgotten all about darren brown is he, yeah. I, I, he seems to have gone off my radar. He was everywhere, wasn't he? For a, That's where a he's dangerous when, you, when you're not expecting him. Yeah. The whole thing about like living in a movie and, and, and all that sort of thing. I mean, I, that must be like quite a common sort of um, like thought that people, because I've, I've thought that before as well, you know, like I, and thought about, am I just here sort of acting out some predetermined routine that people are then observing? Kind of. I mean, we're all performers in our everyday lives. Like you go to the store and you stand in line and you're not standing the same way you would in your kitchen. Maybe your back's a little straighter. You're more aware of the fact that other people are, are looking at you. You're putting on a performance for them. And yeah. we do it even for ourselves too. Like when I'm at home, sometimes I, I notice that I'm, I'm modifying my behavior in a certain way as if I'm being watched. And I think that that's kind of a thing that, that's dominant in our culture right now is that we live in a surveillance state and that people do feel observed. So it makes sense that it's, it's a common delusion or a common belief that, that people fall into is like, I'm being surveilled, I'm being watched. Because on some level, I mean, yeah, yeah by yourself, yeah, think... by the state... 
I think reality TV, obviously, yes, that kicked off. Definitely. That kicked off twenty years ago or so. But I think that played into it a lot, and, and a combination of reality TV and social media yeah. made people feel a lot of the time like everything they do needs to be kind of um, documented and and shown to people and like, like TV you know, ready. Yeah, but yeah. like a kind of carefully curated version of it. So, you know, here's a picture of this perfect meal that I've made. And, you know, here's a video of me, you know, kind of making a cup of coffee or something. And yeah. It's just like it kind of all gets a bit sickening. But having said that, we're all guilty of it because we can't help it because it's literally like warped our brains into that. Yeah. Like I think there's like almost a new brain shape that's happened like since, say, I don't know, the last 10 years or 20 years where like – if you if you I think if you compared like people's brains from then and then now sort of our brains will have like a whole new set of like lines and ridges on that weren't there before because they've been like they've been kind of plowed into by the way that the world works now it's fucked So when you're doing something like, you know, starting this thing with the fifth Teletubby or something like that, how do you think, in, like in your mind, how does that relate to stuff like chaos magic and things like that, that where people kind of willfully manipulate their reality? Well, I mean, clearly I didn't start it. It was started back in 2008. I just ah, picked up it, the mantle. But was it, yeah, it, yeah. Was it or, did, or did it happen in 2008 because you started it in 2023? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think option B there. I think, you know. Well, this brings us back to the strange loop, right? The chicken or the egg. These are like the impossible questions that we all drive ourselves crazy over. Is like, what, what came first? You know, like, did for to take it back to the smoking thing. The reason why that was so important for me on that day to break that cycle is because, you know, the last um, three generations of women in my family have smoked have dealt with horrible health effects from it. And that was my moment to decide, like, do I break this cycle? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why it was such a, like a battle for the soul because it it represented um, like addiction and like a bondage to a thing that, that has control over you. And that's interesting because that's what the devil card from the tarot is about. And you saw the devil who told you to do that. Mm-hmm. And gave me kind of a trick, be like, listen, I'll release you from bondage. You can still have a smoke every now and then. Like, thank you. You know, with the whole reality thing, Willow, and you're talking about how over the last two weeks it's been really fluid. Um, is that something that's happened to you before? Is this like, is this the, the peak of weird reality to you? Or, or do you encounter a flexibility within reality often? I encounter it often, but um, not not necessarily to this degree. In the past, when I have felt like wavy, um, it was in my my starseed phase. And that was right after my mom had gotten diagnosed with cancer. And I was really just looking for a reason like, why? Why is my life so hard? Surely there must be like some reason why my soul came here to incarnate in this family as this person. 
because there must be some greater purpose for it. Um, when I accepted that and let, again, I, I let Ayla go and let this, this star seed, this different identity sort of come in and, and live in my body for a time, I started experiencing reality a lot differently. So I think it has to do with an altered sense of self, which is something that I, I've always had. Um, even as a kid, I didn't, I think it, it also comes from um, childhood neglect. If you're neglected as a kid, as a baby, you don't ever get to like bond into your body and into real life. So instead you learn to soothe yourself by disassociating, by going into a, a world of imagination. And, and unfortunately that kind of just became second nature to me. So my challenge is more in grounding myself in, into who I really am and establishing an identity because dissolving it is, is easier for me. And I think that that's why my reality is also kind of like so flimsy. Do you think that that gives you an advantage over other people to some degree or do you think it is more of a almost disability both you know like for yeah. our um our harriet tubman episode on the nonsense bazaar we talk about oh, yeah. how she gained like these psychic premonitions where she could sense things that were happening but only because she had been in so many dangerous situations you know because she had been experienced so much harm it it attuned her to realize and, and to notice signals that other people might not intuitively pick up on. Um, so it's, it's a hindrance. It's also a help. Um, I think that it, it's also freeing in a way and relates to astrology because David okay. Bowie, um, he had 12th house son and was 12th house, um, I don't know if he had, what, what else is in his 12th house? Let me look it up real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a typing sound. I was wondering what that sound was like. I imagined it was you flicking through a big astrology book. <laughs> yeah, okay. So he has his son and Mars in the 12th house. I have my son, Mercury, and Venus. And this is the house of the unconscious, of dreams, of um, like separation. So it makes sense that people with their son in this placement usually feel detached from their sense of self and have more of a, a fluid sense of identity. Which is obviously with, with Bowie, you've got the classic example of that with all of his different personas. Yeah, he felt like an alien too. Nonsense Bizarre has sort of accelerated your shift in your reality. Oh, 100%. 
Like the fact that I'm I'm researching every week and like trying to write episodes and come up with like, okay, what grabs me now? Um, I feel like I'm I'm always scouring for more data, more information. Like I'm I'm a fiend for it because I want to know what's my next episode going to be on, what's my next bonus episode going to be on. Like I'm I want to have a, a backlog of things that are interesting or that other people might find interesting. Yeah, so I would yeah. say that by by the nature of the fact that um, having a podcast has has turned me into this information hound. Um, yeah, it's made my reality a lot weirder too. And do you find the level of research that you have to do for the nonsense bizarre difficult? Or is it something that comes naturally to you? No, it's what I'd be doing anyway. Because <laughs> yeah. we, were, uh, we were asking, I mean, one of the things that we were um, uh, going to ask you about was, I mean, you find a lot of stories from places of the internet like Reddit and 4chan and places that serious researchers would often like sneer at or you know not take seriously but it actually is a repository for a lot of the most interesting parts of humanity i think those kind of definitely areas well it's where um like lay people go to hang out on the internet you know um as far as i know a lot of my peers they're not watching the news or reading it where are they getting their information from? Social media, from Reddit, from 4chan, from whatever, from Facebook. So I'm interested in seeing what are people posting about on social media because that's where a lot of people are getting their their information from. Yeah, I mean, it, like, and I think it's also where there's a number of sort of fringe uh, kind of groups and fringe interests that kind of, you know, kind of collate and get together there. I mean, like... That one of my favorite episodes you did was the one about the the Paris catacombs. Yes, yeah. I was I was actually re-listening to that one earlier. Somebody um, emailed me and asked for recommendations, and that I sent them that one. Um, and I yeah, was re-listening to that before this because that's one where I realized, oh my god, I'm, I'm like snapped fingers. I'm like the person in the episode now where I don't <laughs> I don't know what's real or fake. When I was researching that, I couldn't tell like how much of this story is is real? Is this a creative writing project? Um, and then later on, we came to learn like, oh no, the person came back and I mean, God knows what's real on the internet, but they made a follow-up post and said, sorry guys, I just went insane. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But I mean, that's like, I think that's what sort of sets Nonsense Bizarre apart. Or one of the things that sets Nonsense Bizarre apart is that you're willing to go to those places and look at those things that you know, kind of other podcasts will be like, well, this isn't in a book. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't in a book that was written 400 years ago. In the case of um, Snapped Fingers, I noticed that there were so many YouTube channels that like cover spooky Reddit cases and their conclusions on it were, this is fake. This is just a creative writing project. This probably isn't real. Whereas my yeah. gut check on it was, mm, no, this seems a lot more likely than you would think. But people were very willing to dismiss it and think like, it's just creative writing. Um, Whereas, no, there are communities on Discord um, that are specifically built to fuck with mentally ill people just for their own entertainment. Yeah, I mean, that's that. that, I mean, there you're getting into the whole like alternate reality game thing as well. And like, sometimes that can be used as a force of evil rather than a force of good, you know, sort of. Yeah it can have like people can use that especially people who are 
uh, especially if they want if they're targeting someone who's mentally vulnerable they can really use that they can really do some serious damage to people um, right by just you know sort of messing with their reality or whatever but yeah it comes back to what we were saying about what reality really is you know and and i suppose when you've got people who are mentally ill their reality is is i i suppose like a a, a lot a lot different than the reality that we're experiencing now um and you know i think like obviously manipulating people who are in that sort of state is is like really really bad for them <laughs> you know really evil yeah thing to do. and i mean you you could argue that that's like what a lot of advertising is and politics and stuff it's just kind of manipulating people isn't it and telling them telling them stories and i think now more so than ever you've got uh sort of narratives that are created you know in the media for various political agendas that are just stories that are being made up Right. By some yeah, fucking sure. wanker. the stuff that you've been like research has any of it sort of genuinely frightened you oh yeah it it frightens me when people like that that woman who took the awakening your light body course and learned how to activate her diamond body and then her she was found like floating in the waters in like bermuda or wherever she she was wherever she died yeah Um, yeah like that's that shit though that's creepy. You know, she started out as a, a nurse, just as anybody does. Um, you see it happen all the time, I think, especially with middle-aged people who were more on the internet during quarantine than ever. All of a sudden, you know, you're you're just a regular-ass person. And then um, two weeks of internet later, you've lost your fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a great quote. I'd love, I'd love, like, I can just imagine like a little poster just so, so like, says that you are just a regular ass person. Two weeks of internet later and you've lost your fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just what we were talking about like before about those Discord servers that sort of exploit mentally ill people, though. It's a similar thing, you know, these people who make a living out of manipulating other people's reality in nefarious ways. I mean, I know we're getting into kind of cult territory there and that sort of thing, but yeah, yeah. it's a massive industry on the internet, isn't it? You know, people, you you, you got to take this course, you got to pay this much money, you know, they promise you this and they promise you that, and they're going to change your life in some way. And what they're really doing is sort of like unpacking your brain and then putting it back together in a way that's probably going to harm you. Yep. Yeah, and that's I th- there's a good there's a lot of nonsense bizarre episodes that have examples of that. Um you know, the fucking guy, the Japanese guy. Om. 
Oh, um, God, Shinrikia. I, hate, I, hate, I hated them episodes. When he was talking about them all, like, starving in them bunkers and stuff, it was just, it made me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that even was a mind ju- control cult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But even um, just the um, the I Am movement as well, you know, that's got a lot to answer for. Sure does. One of the episodes that you did that scared me the most and had the most profound impact on me was the Benadryl episode. Jesus, yeah. Because I, I used to take Benadryl, like, at least once a week to help me get to sleep. Um, and I stopped after that episode. I was, the, <laughs> I, was just, I was listening to it on a train and I was like, right, okay. This I didn't realize this was like a thing. I just thought it was a fairly like sneaky way of having sleeping tablets that are non-addictive. But no, it turns out that it's just this fucking monster drug. Well, so I, I mean, like, right. you know, if you take the, the recommended dose and you don't do it all the time, I think you're good. Yeah, but, but it just but it, the hat man though. It's like relating back to the movie The Frame. Who's the guy in the top hat that's trying to to end the world and turn it all to black yeah. goo? It's the fucking Hat Man. That people see it on Benadryl, right? Yeah, yeah and Heinz had personal experiences with that gentleman without yes. Benadryl. And interestingly enough, the new Diana Pasolka book, which I'm about two thirds of the way through, encounters has. A bunch of stuff with the hat man as well. Uh, the dark man appearing to people in uh, like South America and stuff. Right. And, and you know what comes well, out of a top hat? A rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you go to St. Germain. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Feedback uh, loops. Th- yeah, absolutely. And so... The thing I was going to ask you about was uh, Nonsense Bazaar started during the pandemic, didn't it? It did. Yeah, and the roots of Vase go back to the pandemic as well. When me and Buckley were on long walks uh, when nothing was open, you know, and, and we uh, we talked a lot about weird stuff as we were doing it. Uh, there's a, a load of other podcasts that started and other weird stuff that sort of took place during the the pandemic. Um, do you think that like there's some like do you think there was some mass psychic movement happening during those years when 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 people were sort of locked in their houses and couldn't leave and were living in fear and stuff that kick started a load of weird stuff or do you think it's just that people were really bored? Yeah, I think people were first of all on the internet more and they had more spare time, and also people were afraid. And when you're afraid, you start to think more about the big questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Question reality more. Yeah, because I think everybody was questioning reality. I think I, for me, when it was starting, you know, I was listening to the song, um, This is the Rhythm of the Night yeah. by Corona. Yeah, I was yeah, listening I to that nonstop. And, and in my little self-referential feedback loop mind, I'm like, oh my God, I was listening to that song so much. I'm doing all these meditations. Is this supposed to be like a challenge for me to open up my crown chakra? Like, what <laughs> is this all for me? It's like, no, no, no. There's a global pandemic going on. You didn't cause it. It's not all just for your own growth. Like we're all in this together. But I think a lot of people went through that moment where they were like, oh my God, what does this mean for my life? Yeah. You know, where do I go now? I know for like, for me, I was alone a lot as well. Cause my, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife, like we didn't live together. So we couldn't sort of be physically together. We lived in separate houses. And so we're, we're quarantined. So, um, 
I was just on my own for ages, <laughs> just like huge period, which I do. I don't mind to be honest. I do quite like being on my own, but um, it's like that amount of alone time plus that amount of that kind of general level of anxiety that's like raised because you might die and so might all your family. And then there was also like a weirdness to it as well, because I feel like it shunted everyone out of their normal routine. Yeah. Like, uh, like it, it just, it was like, it was like we'd just gone into like a slightly different universe. Yeah. You know, like, when you've been out very, very late and you're yeah. walking around and it's very, it's like four o'clock in the morning, but it's in the summer. So the sun's yeah. come up and it's light outside, but mm-hmm. there's no one around and everywhere's shut because it's still the middle of the night. Technically it's still night, but everywhere's closed. Yeah. And you have that weird feeling of like emptiness because it's light, but there's no one and there's nothing moving. And it felt like that, like all of the time it felt like, and the other thing it reminded me of was I remember back in, I think it was in like 1999. There was like a solar eclipse. Yeah, and the 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 uh, the, the obviously we all know what happens in a solar eclipse. I'm not just going to explain a solar eclipse to everyone. Our listeners are fairly bright, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it had that same feeling of the light was just wrong. Yeah, there was something wrong about the light when that solar eclipse happened, and I couldn't quite explain it, but it made me feel like whoa. Like I, 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 so I'm taking a long time to explain this, but what I'm saying is, it was as if there was something slightly dislocated, just something slightly off with reality, and I think that must affect how people think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What, what, what you're talking about, you've just spent like what, you know, like in a very entertaining sort of three or four minutes, you've just been okay, describing, okay. you've just been describing liminality, you know, like, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, so, so you're talking about like, you know, like shifts in things, you know, people being pushed out of their routines and that goes back to what Hansen's theories are about yeah, yeah. more weird stuff happening when, you know, when there's that feeling of liminality, you know, the same with the solar eclipse, isn't it? You know, when you, when you're sort of in that yeah. halfway state between lightness and dark. It feels like night and day. Um, there was, I remember there was weird shit with the birds as well. Like the birds were, the first few months were really loud birds all the time. Like, because they were like, there was no cars mm-hmm. on the motorways and stuff. I remember like walking over like motorways and it was like 28 days later. Oh yeah. Like that, you know? I remember like um, like all over social media, people were like, nature is healing. Humans are the real <laughs> virus. It's like, yeah. all right, shut the fuck up. I, do you know, I, I've forgotten where I heard it now. It might have been on Nonsense Bazaar, actually. It sounds like the kind of thing you guys would say. But I heard I heard or read something that was saying, like, um, what if, what if, what if COVID, what if humans are the virus, Earth is the organism, and COVID was like the cure? that's deep that's some deep shit man so deep bro also um speaking of like distortions um my background is purple right like it looks purple to you guys uh ish yeah i'd say like a grayish purple like gray i mean i wouldn't call it a background because it's everything yeah on my screen it's like bright purple in the background um and it's that which is weird because my walls are green uh, yeah, it's the violet flame, isn't it? It yeah, is manifesting is itself through my uh, my computer <laughs> screen.
I was thinking about uh, we t- we mentioned Bowie before. We mentioned like the weird shit from COVID and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on the whole 2016 thing? So that whole obviously 2016, Bowie died, Prince died, Donald Trump was elected, there was Brexit. A lot of things seem to just suddenly shift in such a weird way. Do you think it was all because Bowie died, or do you think I'm being I'm being facetious there? But like, <laughs> you know, do, do, have you got any thoughts on that whole 2016 conspiracy? Oh. Weird shit. Not honestly, not really, because okay, I remember though I was watching um Celebrity UK Big Brother at that time. <laughs> oh, here um, we go. <laughs> yeah. And um and that's when David Bowie died. So Angie Bowie was on Celebrity Big Brother when David Bowie died. Oh yeah. And I remember um she told one of her other castmates, Tiffany Pollard, who's from Flavor of Love and I Love New York. Like, I'm, I'm obsessed with her. She's great. But not the not the greatest person to tell your secret news that somebody just died. Um, right, so, okay. So Angie Bowie tells Tiffany, Tiffany, David died. But she doesn't specify David Bowie. And there's another guy named David in the house, David Guest. <laughs> yeah. David so, Guest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is mad. I've, oh, yeah. Jesus so t- Christ. So Tiffany starts, she she runs away and she's crying and she's like, oh my God, David died. Where's David? And she goes and finds him and he's just in his bed alive. So, so now she's oh my pissed. God. And she goes, she goes back and she starts yelling at Angie Bowie, who's grieving over David Bowie's death. And she's like, you fucking bitch. Why the fuck would you tell me that David died? Uh, David Guest died though, didn't he, recently? Did he? Well, yeah, now he's dead. He is now, and he's, yeah, that's it. You you get you get googling, Willow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he he died in 2016. Oddly enough, David Guest did. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was later. That's Mandela effect. That I'm sure. I'm sure Guest died in like 2020. Yes. Weird. Fuck this. Right. That's a whole. That's I'm I'm submitting this to the official. Mandela effect Reddit. <laughs> if there is one, I'm sure there is one. Mm-hmm. Like David Guest, I'm pretty certain he died in 2020. I can feel um, like. Um... Oh my god! Did you know that he hired a hitman to try and kill Elton John? <laughs> no, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> right, I'm, I, I don't know if Nonsense Bizarre do requests, but can I put in a request that you do an episode about David Guest? <laughs> oh my god, he said to a friend that he wanted that motherfucker dead. Oh wow, he died on my birthday as well <laughs> in 2016. Wow. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I can feel oh, I can feel reality unraveling <laughs> as we're talking at the moment. <laughs> This is just like we're stepping into the Willow Tuman Synchronicity storm. Yes. Oh God! And of all the people to bring with us, it was David Guest. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Because was he was he married to Liza, Liza Minnelli? Minnelli? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Insane. This has been this has been a bonkers conversation. You know, this Liza Minnelli, whose mom was uh, Dorothy Ju- in the Wizard of Oz. Judy Garland. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That man behind the curtain, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Insane. Wow, this so, has been like a... a, uh, a windy, like a, it's, windy It's been like a labyrinth of an episode, hasn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. been like a labyrinthine, like, sort of... A puzzle box. 
Can we ask you, Willa, is there anything, so for our listeners, any homework they can do, do you have any recommendations for books or movies? I mean, you've mentioned The Frame already, which is an excellent recommendation, uh, or other podcasts or YouTube channels or TV shows or music or anything that you think people should be listening to, watching or reading. I think that people should read On the Nature of Things by Lucretius. Oh, nice. I've never heard of that book. You should check it out. Yeah, I will do. Is it hard to read? Not at all. Cool. Excellent. And uh, Willow, where can people find you if they want to find you? Uh, so you've got the nonsense bizarre physical location. Uh, yes. Yeah, we're talking about online. Yeah, we're not going to send people round to your. <laughs> um, you can catch me at the nonsense bazaar. Excellent, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah, I just uh, I deleted all of my social media because everything was getting a little bit too crazy for me. Just needed it gone. Yeah, that can that can be good. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could do the same. Uh, I think sometimes it would benefit me a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very very much for joining us. It's been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I've really yeah, enjoyed it. Thank you so it. much it, for having me. It's been it has weird. been very yeah. very very weird, and yeah. and uh, that's exactly what we wanted. So thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome. If you want to find Vase, you can find us um, at Twitter and Instagram, and that's at Vase, and then Vase spelled backwards, so that's at V-A-Y-S-E-E-S-Y-A-V. Uh, you can go to our website at www.vase.co.uk. That's where you can find all our episodes with the full show notes. You can get the podcast on most podcasting channels, if not all of them, but the full show notes are only at our website. And you can email us with any of your own weird stories or recommendations or anything like that at vaseinfo at gmail.com. You can find our soundtrack at Bandcamp, which is done by our very own Stephen James Buckley. And any money from that we put straight back into the podcast and you can get us on ko-fi uh, if you just want to sling us some change and if you do a monthly donation then you can join our discord server yeah thanks to everyone who listens and who comments and shares our stuff on social media it's uh it's really good of you and uh i just like to say baz i hope you're doing okay man yeah baz please uh, get in touch and look after yourself yeah. and uh, and when you're feeling yeah. well enough uh, get back on the discord so Willow, before you go, got one more question for you. Alrighty. Say if Sequoia Kennedy decided one day to finally take to the sea or perhaps go and live in the woods and you wanted to carry on doing the nonsense bazaar without him, out of everyone, alive or dead, who would you have as your co-host? Uh, Divine. Divine, okay. <laughs> Good choice. I, I like the way that you knew that straight away as straight well. Away, you already knew. Yeah. There, was, there was no yeah. question. I think you probably asked asked them already if they'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Got them lined up. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you'd say David Guest, but or David, David Bowie. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs>